Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is your boy Tavares Ferguson, aka Fern, joined with my co-host Byron Evans and Orazio Mancarella, and this is our second first episode of <laughs> Three Brothers No Sense. Um, a lot of people might not get it, but we tried this a few weeks ago, and um, I'll be proud to say I messed us up with the recording, so it was a good first take, and watch out, you can hear clips from the first uh, recording out pretty soon. Once again, like I said, I'm here with my co-host, Byron Evans, Orazio Mancarella. Byron, take it away. Introduce yourself to the people. Uh, I'm just Byron, just a regular guy, man, up here in uh, D.C., waiting these political waters and whatnot, but uh, it's always good to be with you two brothers, man. Okay. That's Byron once again, a.k.a. Buff, so when you hear us say Buff, you know who we're talking about. If you look at the arms, you probably understand it already. Hold on, Razio got his arms out too, though. So what's up? <laughs> but I'm skinny. <laughs> Razio's always been our way. That ain't bad, man. <laughs> what did they say on um, uh, the Humpty Dance? <laughs> he was like, you buff. Look at me. I'm skinny. That was something you getting busy, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, introduce yourself, fool. All right, cool. Well, I'm Razio in Birmingham, Alabama. But right now... I- sunny Hawaii uh, recording this. So just in case y'all didn't know, I took a little time out of my vacation to record with these dudes because I love them so much and I wanted to make sure that this got out to the people. So enjoy what we all have to say. And if you got questions, man, hit us up in the comments, hit us up in the uh, DMs so we can uh, continue to talk about what you want to hear about. He wants brownie points for (laughs) him do it. Yeah. Thank you, Rosie joining us on your vacation. I appreciate it, man. Yes. I appreciate well. it. <laughs> Keep us supposed to take plenty of video and um, pictures, which I know Jan will anyway. But um, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, this is Three Brothers No Sense, a show where three essentially brothers from a different mother just talk about the things that are on their mind from life, love, laughing, just anything that kind of crosses our path throughout the course of a week or two. And we just bring it to each other and bring it to the masses to just tell you what's on our minds. So as usual, I'll start it off. All right, fellas, on our first first episode, we, we had a couple of topics, but uh, our last two topics talked about our family, more so our kids. So I would do it injustice by not mentioning the women that made it all possible, our lovely wives. So uh, first of all, I want to shout out to my beautiful wife, uh, Zabrina Ferguson. Uh, love you, babe. You made this possible. You're the person that gave me the idea to go ahead and start this. But tell us about your beautiful wife real quick. How <laughs> so you you get brown- you're trying to give brownie points, too. Okay. I know. Uh, 
I feel shout out to my wife, Tabitha Evans, uh, high school sweetheart. She's been married for 13 years. If you add in the dating years, that's 23 years. So I essentially have known her longer than I haven't known her. So wow. shout out to her, man. Great woman. And I love her. Hey, Auntie. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you guys hear us say auntie, that's Tabitha is who you're talking about. So Tab is all our auntie. We love her. So my wife, Jenica Mancarola, of course, she is a button fashion designer right now. She uh, used yes, to be in real is. estate. And um, so she uh, just totally did a 180. was like, I, I like fashion. I like clothing. So she decided to go back to school. So she's back in college now at 29, about to be 30 this week. So happy birthday, babe. And that's why we're in Hawaii, by the way. So, yeah, happy birthday. Wow. So yeah. she went back to school doing, doing her thing, man. So y'all be on the lookout for Jenica Kimberly. Uh, go follow us on Instagram. Um, her designs are awesome. Uh, you need any custom work, holler at her. Before oh, we get man. started, Ferg, are you drinking yak? <laughs> no, brother. I have a bottle of Glenlivet. 12. <laughs> oh, so, so I was close. <laughs> it, 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 it is cognac. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It's a scotch, you know. So, <laughs> loosen me up a little bit. I was trying to slip that in. But, um, when we do this, we you call me. Believe me, I'm going to have some cognac too. So, I ain't mad at you. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, well, when we do it live in November, we got to do it live in November. And um, I'll buy a bottle for us. Yeah, yeah. We're going to start calling him Uncle Ferg. He put black and mild in his mouth and everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to be healthy, man. I'm trying to make, uh, trying to be in better shape at 40 than I was at 30. That's my goal. So, I'm there. And yeah, I can't help it though. <laughs> so, that's our next challenge. Everybody, we're close. Everybody's approaching 40. So, we got a lot of birthdays coming up in the next year or two. So, uh, so a lot of traveling. So, let's stay in shape uh, and healthy, not just in shape. So, Nice. That goes to my co-hosts as well as my our listeners out there. Stay, stay in shape. But let's kick off the show. We've been talking for a while. Here's my question. We talked about the kids a lot. As you guys know, I have a lot of friends. And for whatever reason, a lot of people come to me uh, to bounce ideas off of me. And I'm noticing a common theme with a lot of men. You know, when it comes to marriage, we talk about finances a lot. And I'm pretty sure that's huge for everybody. And a lot of times we wear that as a badge of pride. You know, the things we're able to provide, which I'm not knocking. But my question is, taking out finances, what is the most valuable thing you bring to your marriage? And on the flip side, with women, we often look them at look at them as the people who raise our kids as mothers. Take motherhood out. What is the most valuable thing that your spouse brings to marriage? And usual, I'll save my comments for last. All right, for yeah, I'll take that one first. You know. Those of y'all that don't know, me and Ferg, we've been in the military for a long time. I'm going on 21 years now, and we deployed to Afghanistan in 02, 03 together. And then I deployed again in 09 uh, and got back from Afghan or Iraq in 09, left in 09, got back in 2010. And me and Jen started dating kind of while I was in Iraq. And then when I got back, we started dating really hard. So, and what happened was, what, why I say all of that is 
talking about finances aside and everything like that, what Jen brings to the relationship for me really is dealing with like depression, getting back into the regular world from war and stuff like that. I tell her she saved my life. Like when I got back from Afghanistan or from Iraq, like I didn't want to leave the house. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to do anything. I was angry all the time. And she made me go back into the regular world. Like she made me have fun and and do stuff. And she still does that now. Like I still kind of never want to leave. I never want to leave the house. I never want to do anything. And so she forces me to actually go out and have fun. And what I bring to a relationship. Yeah, I'll stop you right there, Rosie. Let me yeah, stop go ahead. And this is probably going to give me some haters. Can I be real for a second, fellas? You, should, you better be. Yeah. Rosie, how many girls, how many people have you dated that I've known? I mean, every girl that I've dated on a serious tip. So I, but I, I'd say three serious relationships. Yeah. Okay. That, I think it might be more, but I think, <laughs> but I'll go with the three. How many people have I been happy to see you date? Oh, just that <laughs> it's easy. Like, when, yeah. when, and I'm, and I'm glad you pointed that out. When you guys got married, and when I was sitting there talking to your parents at, at your reception, I'm like, I'm so happy for him because she truly makes him happy, and he deserves somebody that makes him happy. So I'm glad she kind of brought that to you because I think you're one of those guys that really needs and you wear your heart on your sleeve. And uh, so kudos to Jen. Brownie points. Well, kudos to Jen. Um, that, that's that's going to be the title of this episode right here. <laughs> Brownie points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So sorry. My bad. Keep it going. No, nah, no. Nah, cool. But um, so for me, uh, what I bring is Jenica is like a fly by night. Like she she if if it was the 70s, she'd be a hippie, bro. It is that bad. She she can't hold a job. She won't concentrate. And so I bring some focus to her and to life and everything. Um, she even said that she was like, if if we weren't married, she'd be somewhere in France or New York living on somebody's couch, probably uh, and, and happy with it. That's the other thing about it is she she will be cool with living kind of that. Like, I'm just going with the flow. Whatever happens, happens type thing. I'll make enough money to live, but that's it. Uh, and so being able to kind of focus her and provide a life that's stable uh, is what I, she tells me she appreciates. So we'll see if she really appreciates it or not. But that's kind of what I bring to the relationship. What's up, Jim? They say, what's the birthday, by the way? <laughs> and you already know why I'm laughing at that comment, but we'll go to that later. <laughs> All right. So the show is called uh, Three Brothers No Sense. And mm-hmm. even though we're brothers, we don't know everything about one another. So listen to you, Razio, you know, say how you were after you got back from Iraq. Like, I'm way up here in D.C. You're down there in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. So while I know a lot about you, that's something that I didn't learn until, like, a lot later on about you, man. So I'm very grateful for Jenica coming in your life and, and helping somebody that I love and you, man. So I want to give her props for that also. Uh, as far as your question, Ferd, you said, uh, what do I bring? It's going to sound like I'm taking the easy way out, but I think Tabitha and I, we bring the same thing to one another, but it's, it's, it's in different ways. So I feel like I bring leadership. Like I do pretty much. She looks to me to do all the planning, whether it's, uh, family trips or, uh, you know, the house that we moved in, um, financial advice, even though you said leave finances out, just, you know, big 
decisions. She definitely um, looks to me. And I also think that I don't, um, well, I think that she worries a lot about different things. And I'm kind of like a, um, a common presence to her because I can help her, you know, not worry so much about it. If you worry about everything, man, you're going to stress yourself out. And she definitely dealt with that a few years ago. She was like really stressed out about her job and a lot of different other things. And on the flip side, sometimes I don't worry enough. And just to give you like an extreme example, this hasn't specifically happened, but like some, we, we can hear like a loud explosion downstairs and I'll be like, man, that ain't nothing. Somebody just fell off the counter. You know what I mean? Like, so sometimes I don't worry enough. That's because you're like, no, we, need to go check that. we need to go check that out. So we kind of like, we're kind of like that yin and yang to where she may say something that's a concern and I'll, and I'll listen and say, you know what, maybe I should look into that. Maybe I need to check that out because you can't just write everything off and some things need your, need your attention, man. So she definitely, that and you guys know me, I used to have a bit of, or maybe I don't know this, but I used to have a bit of a temper. I think I got it from my dad and she's definitely helped calm me down, whether it's we're somewhere where I want to react and she'd be like, babe, don't worry about it. Let that go. So those are the, the things that we bring to one another, man. Oh, man. That's good to hear, man. Uh, you were another reason I look to you guys to join this podcast is because I do believe in marriage. I do believe in the, the sanctity of it and how people can grow from it and make each other better. And I have a lot of friends, but you were two people I really seen, like you said, you and Tabitha have been together for 23 years. I was there when it happened. You know, when Rosie called me telling me about Jenica and to hear the happiness in his voice and to see her making him happy really uh, stood out to me. So that's part of the reason. So to hear you guys verbalize how you feel about the people you love, which I, I'm using the word love because we don't say it enough as black men, uh, the people you love uh, means a lot. So moving on for me, I think if people know anything about me, I'm an idealist and I think I'm a visionary. So what I bring to my marriage is I feel, feel like it's our vision. Like I have a vision for what I I want us to be. And I try to put that into, into play, into action. So um, even with my wife and I, you know, when we first started getting married, thinking about getting married, I really didn't have anybody to turn to about marriage that had been doing this for a long time. My mom had has a bunch of brothers and sisters. So does my dad. And when I was looking towards who can I go talk to about marriage, it was a hard decision or hard, you know, a hard find. So for me, part of our vision is I want to be able to set that for our next generation. I want, you know, my brothers and sisters, kids that come after me, my, you know, I have two kids, you know, to be able to say, you know, when I get married, I want to be able to talk to my dad about what marriage and my mom about what marriage looks like. Maybe not what my marriage will be, but what marriage looks like. So I had a vision of creating a positive image of marriage, even amongst my friends. You know, the fact that we can talk about being married and have real life conversations. You know, I don't know how many times me and Razzie will call each other and talk to each other off the ledge. Uh, <laughs> but I usually seek advice from people that have what I want rather than just, you know, somebody who's doing it. So that vision I created is so many different things that I tell my wife or I that we talked about together that we want to accomplish so we can create this legacy for ourselves and our kids and the people around us that we care about. So 
my vision is part of it. What my wife does for me is I'm a very, I'm a very matter of fact person. You know, uh, very logical, maybe too logical. My wife makes me human. You overthink. I overthink. (laughs) I do. I really do. But my wife makes me, she makes me human. She makes me sit down and think about the 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 caring the human size like you guys have known me I've I've always dated but I wasn't like the most emotional or caring or probably hear me talk about my wife the way I talk talk about her now is so far from what you have seen from me Byron I've known you since 1992 right as I mentioned 1995 and I probably talked about my girlfriend or whoever I dated a total an hour amongst those 20 years yeah. you know so because um, I just it just wasn't that big of a deal to me so she makes me care about myself my family my friends she's helped me open up I guess that's the biggest thing she's helped me open up because uh, for whatever reason I felt like I was I kept my emotions in a box and she's the first person that can unlock that box and lets me express things better Hence this show and this conversation that we're having. So I remember you were like the anti-marriage person. So I am anti-marriage. Like even if he did have serious girlfriends and relationships, it was never a thought that marriage was on the horizon. And so when he, I remember when he called and was like, bro, I think I'm going to uh, pop the question. And, you know, I was like, really? Like, this is different. Okay. All right. And and let's roll with it. So, and then it didn't help that like we did it around the same time or we got married. Cause for a long time, people looked at me and Fergus like the same person. So when no. we got married at the same, like the same year, it was just like, everybody. Same same what, is it? what is the anniversary rising? Hold on, bro. Don't call me out like that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> part and down goes to Brownie Point. <laughs> I know mine is August 2nd, 2012. So yours is around August 20 something. August 24th. 24th. But, uh, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Same year and everything. So, but yeah. No, I knew it. I just, you know, you just put me on the spot like that. You know, you can edit it out. If I did know it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Gotcha. (laughs) But you know something like I never I can honestly say I've never had a bad relationship. Like every girl I've ever dated was great for me at the time period, you know. So hats off to all the women that helped me make the man make me the man I am today. Um I just wish I could have been a better boyfriend, probably. But um never had a bad relationship, but I just wasn't it wasn't I was open to marriage. It's just logically it didn't make sense to me. So if this doesn't work out, you get half. Half? Come on now. Mm-hmm. That was my thought process. And then did, did you just thank all your exes for grooming you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you, do, you remember, do you remember at one point when I was saying if I ever get married, I wanted to have all my exes at my wedding with, t- with t-shirts for the years we dated? <laughs> Some might overlap a little bit. My bad. I was young. But you know. I can't wait to see how the women respond to that. And not I just know. our women, like female audience. I, I can't wait but to tell y'all. My, my my beautiful, loving, caring, understanding wife getting back into good graces. Uh, all that. So um 
But, you know, I, and we talked about that. I let her know that I never really had a bad girlfriend. And I think all the relationships I've been through helped make me the person I am today so I can appreciate the situation better. I can appreciate her more. And I've learned from them. You know, um, I think I matured through all of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure you guys remember me in the 90s. Uh, circa, we're just going to give uh, initials. We're just, no, we're not going to go there. But yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. a good boyfriend. We're, we're running out of time on this question anyway. So. Okay. All right. All right. Who's the mix? <laughs> See how we transition? Uh, See, that's, that's why I'm I the can't. ultimate wingman right there. <laughs> My wingman. There it is. I can I can go next unless you want to jump in there, Roger. Nah, go ahead, man. All right. So um, I got to set this up for the audience. Because uh, we talked about this amongst the group already, but I'm going to transition it to something else. But uh, on Twitter, there was a video going around of a father like whipping his daughter. Allegedly, she was 12 years old, and he found out that she had had sex. So he was whipping her. And uh, he made some comments to it that I didn't like while he was whipping her. But that's not the discussion I want to have. The reaction to the video, it was pretty divided. You know, some people were saying how... You know, he went too far. And a lot of people were like, that's good. She deserved it. Uh, but the people that were saying that that were against the whipping, their whole argument were, was because the, the people that were for it were saying, well, look, our parents whipped us. We turned out fine. That's the way it's done. And their whole argument against it was not everything handed down from past generations is a good thing. And so it made me think of this question to you guys. What else, specifically in the black community, but it doesn't have to be um, just narrowed down to that, but what has been handed down from past generations that today you look at and say, that's, I don't think that's cool. I'm going to toss it to Rising first. <laughs> all right. All right. So, all right. You guys know I'm the cheap one. I'm the frugal one. And my question in a little bit will kind of attest to that, but so I'm doing my kind of annual reading of The Millionaire Next Door. I, I try to read it once a year to kind of get me back focused on accumulation of wealth. And in the book, one of the things he talks about is under accumulators of wealth and prodigious accumulators of wealth or, you know, people who either no matter how much they make that you hear a lot of people be cash poor. Um, so there's doctors that are making five hundred thousand dollars a year and are poor. You know, they, they live check to check still. They spend all their money. They don't save or they think, oh, I'm a millionaire because I've saved a million dollars. I'm good. But the problem is with that is you make five hundred thousand dollars a year and you spend almost five hundred thousand dollars a year. So if you lose your job or something happens, you break your hands, you do a Dr. Strange and you can't actually work anymore. Um, then what ends up happening is you got two years and you're done, buddy. So, you know, for me, that's what a lot of times we pass down is accumulation of wealth or under accumulation of wealth. You got to have, you got to have the nice flashy car, the big house, you got to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and everything like that. And and you can teach that at any income level. So don't think that you got to have a lot of money to teach that. I think what's happened a lot of times in our life is people that don't have a lot of money, they end up teaching their kids. That's what makes you successful is buying a lot of nice things and having nice things. And, Oh, you got to have the J's and you, you know, you can't have this or, or you can't, you know, 
don't have the Walmart clothes because they're cheap. You got to have, you know, Gucci and, and that's what you got to wear. And we teach our kids that. And so what ends up happening is when they get older, they're going to, they're going to start making money. Even if they go and they get a college degree and they start making a bunch of money, they're going to spend all their money because they got to show it off. And because that's how they feel success comes, even if they aren't preparing themselves for the future. So I'll go into that a little bit in my question, but I think that's the part that we pass down too often. Um, that's just messing up, not just the black community, white community, anything. I think for, for the most part, it, it, it messes up the poor community, the worst, just anybody that's poor. Um, but it can mess up any generation. But that's it. All right, Razi. Well, you, you made my answer uh, easy. You took one of the things that I definitely was going to say off the board. Uh, Buff, my wife and I have this conversation so many times. So now my my thing is I have to figure out what I want to talk about. <sighs> if I had to put it in one word, it's the struggle and our appreciation for the struggle. Hmm. Uh, I think we pride ourselves as black people on struggling or teaching our kids. You kind of mentioned the other day about making sure our kids aren't spoiled. We want to make sure they understand the value of a dollar and stuff like that. We pride ourselves in the struggle. We pride ourselves in where we came from and how hard, oh man, the hood was so hard. And I had to, Our kids aren't going to have that struggle. And some of us have a problem with them having it too easy. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, it's, it's like Carlton on um, what was it, the Fresh Prince, Prince. Prince? When he's like, yeah. "I'm running the same race you are, tripping yeah. on the same hurdle, and you over here tripping me up too, because yeah. I had yeah. a different than you." So yeah. I, I think black culture as a as a whole is a culture of struggle. We embrace religion because it teaches us how to deal with the oppression of struggle, uh, our financial situation. We, we learn how to make ends meet. We learn how to make these meals because of the struggle. We learn how to cook chitlins and fatback and hog and all that stuff because of the struggle. When you talk about black culture, it's it's embraces the struggle. And I'm not saying that I'm ashamed of the culture by any means. I mean, it helped us get where we're at. But sometimes we have to, uh, I think, recognize that we're past that. We're past just holding on to the things that got us where we're at. You know, think about, I remember when, um, I can't remember her name, the young lady that was uh, uh, pretending to be black and uh, with the NAACP. Rachel Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, Rachel. And when when that whole story broke, they're like, well, she can't be black because she doesn't know the answer to these questions. Like, how much sugar do you put in Kool-Aid? You know, it's like, these are things that like, we, is that what makes us black? You know, how do you do this? How do you do that? But it all like all those things were struggling questions. Even when we talk about cultural appropriation, it's things that are usually based off the struggle. You know, I really don't find I can't get too mad that somebody was, you know, stole the way we do our hair or something like that. Rather than I rather to like, well, they're copying the way we raise our kids. They're copying the way we create financial wealth. They, they're copying these things that progress our community rather than things that we're, we're so proud of that really don't get us, doesn't get us anywhere. So I hope that answers your question. I hope that made sense. Um, but Actually, get away from the struggle, people. 
in your in one of your examples, um, you can find my answer. And my answer to the question is overall overall health. And what I mean by that is like our diet. You mentioned the chitlins and stuff. And I mean, you should see some of my family reaction when I was like, Y'all, I ain't messing with chitlins or anything like that. And then, what? You didn't forgot where you came from? You didn't forgot your roots? And it's like, no, I didn't forget. But we also have more information today. That's what they had to do. That's what they had to eat. We got choices now. You don't have to eat that stuff. Um, but not just with the diet, man. And I think we've definitely gained some ground on this, but uh, seeking therapy when you need it, like talking to somebody, like growing up, going to a psychiatrist was looked at something that white folks did. Like, that's not something that black people do. Um, depressed, where you being depressed about? You better you better cheer up and, and find something to be happy about. It's not that simple, man. And I think we have definitely made some strides at being better and being smarter about that and being willing to talk to a therapist. But I, I do think overall, it's still looked at as a weakness. It's still looked at as, man, you, you're a punk. You, you're too soft. You can't deal with life. You got to go talk to some psychiatrist for $100 an hour. That's crazy. And like, you know, I think we're getting better at that, but we need to continue to strive. So for me, just the older generation passing down these myths about what only white people do or what only soft people do. Um, I think we're getting better at it, but that's okay. my answer to that. I mean, that's a, that's a great answer, Buck, uh, because I think mental health overall and a lot of other things that just traumatize our, our, our families, our black families, you know, um, we just celebrated mental health month. I want to say it was in May. Um, and just having that conversation about mental health, you know, and because we sweep it under the rug, you know, we just call people crazy and keep on, keep on moving. You know, how many crazy people do we have in our family, crazy people that went to school with us and we just chalk up as a L like we lump it all into one thing. Um, I was reading a post the other day where when it comes to traumatic experiences, we're, we don't want to accept, you know, homosexuals in our, our family, but we're willing to accept the the molesters. We we sweep oh, that under the yeah. we sweep that under the rug. We we try to keep taboo things out of the black family. Like we just sweep everything under the rug and we are causing traumatic experiences. I, I, I think it's the same thing though, with with like homosexuality. As long as it's swept under the rug, I think the black family is okay with it. He just got a little sugar in his tank. It's okay <laughs> to the black family as long as they ain't openly gay. So that's the exactly. problem is being openly yeah. homosexual. And I think it would be the same way if it, if it was a person that was just openly molesting the kids or like as a pedophile, then yeah. that's when the black family would be like, oh, you're going too far. And they'll probably say something or they'll but, shun that person then. But, but do you think they really shun them or they just, you know, you don't supposed to take your kids over da-da-da house. You ain't supposed to leave them alone with da-da-da. Nothing's going to happen to that person. Right. I feel like they will turn, they will turn on they will turn on uh, somebody, somebody in the family, and I don't want to say homosexual because we have an LGBTQ TIA. Is that it now? I'm trying to think from everybody. I ain't, I ain't heard about the TIA, but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all those letters now. But even with that, it's that's almost gets you kicked out of the home, gets you kicked out of the church. 
but we sweep, but we're accepting of others. But I don't want to hijack your question. I mean, that was just, I think the whole mental health thing is, is huge in the black community. And uh, And I love you for bringing it up. uh, One more aspect on that, because it was like you was reading my mind, man, with the whole, um, let's just say older, grown adults taking advantage of, of young girls. I think another thing our older generation used to do is to be like, well, she shouldn't have had her fast tail over there anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like calling, oh, calling blame. young girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the victim blaming, man. We 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 still got to do better because I, I think we still do that to this day. Like if a, if a woman, you know, accuses somebody, the first thing a lot of men will say was, what was she wearing? What was she doing over there? You know, so those, those, are, those are the things, man. I mean, considering we all have uh, young daughters, that's we have to do better, and we have to not only just do better, we have to speak out against it. So um, that's one thing I try to do now is I try to speak out against injustices on on all all forms, and even calling myself out. You know, I'm not perfect, and I think about some of the things we did growing up that uh, we were part of, uh, as Charlamagne said, the the rape culture, like that was just the norm. So. Uh, calling those things out, calling my friends out, calling myself out, and uh, just trying to get better. So, uh, moving on, don't want to hijack the question. Rising, we put it on you. Bring us home. All right, cool. Well, uh, like I said in my initial answer to time out, time out, time out. But what is rising? What is wrong with Rising's picture right now? What does he not have on in Hawaii? He doesn't have a lay on. Oh, Rising does not have a lay on, bro. How are you in Hawaii? Don't have a lay. How how much a lay is Rising? It's very disappointing, by the way. I don't know. Very I, look, I landed. I landed really late last night, and we haven't gone anywhere outside of the resort yet. I'm sure we'll buy a lay at some point. They don't have. A, they don't have a lay in the resort. Yeah, but you know how you had to explain where you were. You wouldn't have had to do that if you had on a lay. <laughs> Can you bring us back to lays, Rising? I can. I'll bring back some lace. Yeah, we'll get a little uh, like lotus or whatever the flower is in Jenica's hair. She'll take a picture with that. We'll do all of that. So we're going to do the touristy stuff. We just got here. It's our first day. I've been here literally like five hours. So, yeah. At, at the luau, I'll take some pictures with, uh, from at the luau. That's when we get, I think, all of that stuff. They don't sell lace on Sunday Rising? I don't know. Maybe they do. <laughs> they, they might sell them at the shop. And we're going to the shop after this. Yeah. Okay. yeah. See, it's afternoon for you guys. It's like super morning for us. It ain't even 12 o'clock yet. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we got up. We, we ate breakfast. And then I came in and I record with you guys. That's been my morning so far. Appreciate it, man. Yes. All right. So anyway, talking about my lake. Or lack thereof. <laughs> you mean lack thereof? Yeah, 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 yeah. Lack, yeah, lack of lay. Yeah, lack of lay. I haven't yeah. been laid yet. So, oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is a <laughs> What's that? A dad joke? <laughs> that was a dad joke. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. We're gonna get a rip shot on this thing. The, the wife. So anyway, back to my question. So like um, like I said in my initial response to Buff, I'm reading The Millionaire Next Door. And a lot of times what they talk about on there is people accumulating wealth and having a habit of teaching your kids, budgeting, saving, not spending too much, 
and, and things like that. And I wanted to go back to a conversation we had a while back. I think me and Byron was talking about it a good bit is uh, allowances for the kids. Um, oh. And so you, you remember that, that conversation? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, my question to you guys is at what point do you feel uh, an allowance makes sense or doesn't an allowance even make sense at all for your kids? And, and then we'll kind of go from there. So no, 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 allowance does not make sense. Uh, now I do need to admit that when I was a kid, I did ask for one allowance, but I blame that on TV. Like I I saw these kids (laughs) on these sitcoms and they would get allowance. And I went to my mom. I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm missing out. Apparently I'm supposed to be getting paid for doing this stuff around the house. And I remember, man, we, you could tell we didn't have money. She was like, okay, you can get five dollars a month. And even as a kid, I was like, man, that seems kind of low. <laughs> <laughs> that seems kind of low, man. Oh, I can see Hazel oh. doing that. <laughs> and, and she, you know, she kept that up for like three months. And then she was like, you ain't getting no allowance no more. It, it, I don't think we should be paying you an allowance. So, but, and, I, and I'm not against anybody who does. Like, I'm sure there's a lesson that can be taught in, like, you know, hard work get a reward but I can tell you in my household unless my mind changes there won't be any allowance because the way I see it is you know when you have a home you have to keep up that home and nobody's going to pay you or congratulate you on keeping up your home it's your home and that's what you're supposed to do and so that will be my message to my daughter and again I don't want to knock anybody who does I just don't I don't believe in it. So. <laughs> That's surprising to you, Buff. Um, you know what? I I, I flip flop on this issue so many times, even before I had kids. But the way you said it, Rosie, the way you opened it, has opened my mind more to the possibility of doing the allowance. Because if I can teach them something. Um, my daughter's only four and I have an eight week old. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying far from allowance, but God bless you. (laughs) It's if I look at it like this, if I look at it like, yeah, my kids are not going to go without, you know, they're going to, we're still going to get them the essentials and they're going to be spoiled to a certain extent. But those things that they want that not necessarily I'm not willing to get, but I think would be a good teaching lesson for them. Does that make sense for allowance to come up to play? Is it learning how to budget, how to work hard and save for the things that you want rather than just asking mommy or daddy for it? So if you want that LOL doll, the whatever that's coming out next, you know, I'm pretty sure we all had those moments where for somehow, for whatever reason, we got money and we saved up to buy something and how special that was to get that something that we bought. Not that just mom, you know, my mom bought for me or, you know, your mom bought for you or your dad. Bought for you. It was the fact that we were able to take that $20 we got for our birthday. And then, you know, I got $10 for my report card for making home all A's. OK, now I just went and bought Double Dragon, you know, hmm. and the the comfort in knowing that hard work pays off or to get the things you want. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So um, I guess I just bored by to death, but 
I just wanted the youngsters to know what Double Dragon was. That's all. Okay. Oh, That's Double Dragon. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> That's all. It probably still works too. But for that, for that, teaching them those things to see how much you've saved. You know, um, I'm 38 years old. And until recently, I didn't know how to say myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want my kids learning things that I had to learn in my 20s. And to be honest, really in my 30s, thanks to Rizzi. Rizzi used to put me on uh, financial blast all the time. If they can learn those things, you know, is that $10 you give Jasmine or the, the $10 you give Ali and Sophie really going to break you? It's money you're going to spend anyway. You budgeted it, but it's just to see what, and also just to see what they can do with it. You know, to be surprised at like, wow, Jasmine just bought me this for Father's Day. And I know it wasn't tablet to giving Jasmine money. It was Jasmine saved money and bought me this. Now, it might be a $15 gift, but it was $15 she saved and she she saw um, the importance of using her money on that. Because they always say to to find out what people care about, follow the money. And so also giving them their own money to see where they spend their money. You can also, I feel like, probably possibly see your kids' true passion or the things that they really care about. So that's my my two cents on that. Um, I probably overthought it, but that's me. No, I think that was well said, man. That was yeah, well said. Yeah. I, and, and that's the reason why I asked the question, because I knew there were differences of opinions on this one. And so I wanted the listeners to hear the differences of opinions on it. Um, and so I guess coming back around to me, but I, I, I think there's a little bit of a, a difference in what we think allowance is for, because I, I agree with you. I don't think it's you get allowance because, you know, I, I, I don't agree with folks who like pay their kids for their chores and stuff like yeah. that. Nah, you're going to do that because I said so, because you live here rent free. Like, <laughs> you know, so you're going <laughs> to contribute to this household and you're going to you're going to get out there. Ollie, you're going to go out there and cut that grass. Uh, you know, and you're going to help wash these dishes and you're going to do all that stuff uh, because that's what we have to do to make the household run. But what I'm going to do when they get old enough, and I don't know what age, I, I still haven't kind of figured that one out yet. But um, at a certain age, I'm going to stop, like Ferg said, giving them their wants. Like the, the we talked about, you know, spoiling our kids in the last episode or episode yeah. zero, I guess, and talking through, you know, the $5 toy or the dollar toy when we go in and stuff like that, that's what, when I start giving you allowance, you don't get that anymore because like Ferg said, you need to learn how to prioritize, save up if you want something big, spend your money accordingly, and then start really appreciating how much things cost. And so it's, it's, you, you know, generally that something is kind of expensive, but until you spend your own money on it, it's not really expensive. So, you know, daddy has it. Mommy has it is the idea that kids have. If every time they need something, they come to you for it. But when they see that $50, when they think $50 is a good bit of money, but then, oh, they went to McDonald's and they spent $8 and then they went to the movies and they spent $23 and, and all this. And so they start seeing that money goes really quick when it's your own money. Uh, and I want them to be able to feel that and to be able to ratchet them up slow so that, like Ferg said, you're not 28 jumping in or even 23 with your first real job after college and you're making 
forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, and you've never had to really budget and save, and and now you're making all of this money. So what you're going to do with it? You're going to go and spend it on those nice things that I talked about in the, uh, the last time. And I want to get our kids away from just thinking through that and being able to save with our kind of supervision and us kind of talking to them about how they want to spend that $10, how to save up to get the double dragon cartridge, those types of things. So, so uh, what would be your reason for giving them the money? You said it won't be for the chore. So, and how often will you be giving them money? Like, have you thought that far out ahead? Um, yeah, cause I did it with Haley a little bit. Um, and, and I just used like how my parents did mine is my parents told me my job was going to school to make good grades. And so what my dad did is he said, uh, depending on how old we are, it'll be like, all right, you get $50 a month and for straight A's and every B took $5 off of that $50 a month. Every C took $10 off of that and D you didn't get no allowance. And you need to get in there and get on books because obviously you don't need to be going to the movies and be doing all this extra stuff. You need to be studying. So that's how he did it. And so that set our allowance for the next quarter or the next uh, semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and see, so, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. I didn't, you know, this may sound hypocritical, but I am, I def, I'm okay with money for good grades because like your dad said, it's almost like, that your child's job, like that's their nine to five. And when you have a nine to five, you get paid for that. And if you don't perform well at that nine to five, you don't get paid, i.e. fired or whatever. So um, I'm with that. My concept of allowance was, like you said, like, you know, hey, I I made my bed up. I cleaned my room. I cleaned the bathroom, you know, $20. So I am, if that's how you're doing it, then I guess I am for allowance but what i was talking about and the sitcoms i watched it was for doing their chore it was for doing their chore so yeah uh, yeah i think i think we found some common ground yeah i like that idea i'm actually like i'm a thinker so i'm almost coming with an allowance program for my kids <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at i'm looking at loans you get bonuses <laughs> oh, I, exactly so think about it if it's 50 dollars a month for all a's but we have a you can outperform that you know, for yeah, perfect attendance. Perfect, perfect attendance, but not even school based. Like, so if you're in an AP program, so that's giving you college credit too. So I'll bump you up if you're yeah. in like a certain program or or extracurriculars because that is a big deal too. So I'll bump yeah. you up for extracurriculars. Hey, you know that type you of could, thing. You could teach them how to negotiate too. Hey, Dad, this is what I think my next performance. <laughs> looks exactly. Like. I'm, I'm, Let's I'm, talk about this performance review. But but the thing about it is, what you don't know is. That's real. Think about Jasmine being able, or Haley, because Haley's the oldest, being able to go to her first job and renegotiate her signing bonus, or being able, comfortable to renegotiate asking for a higher base salary. Because I didn't think about that. Um, you know, I was just happy to get a job out of college. Just like your kids are just happy to get allowance when they're able to go back and negotiate and say these things because now I'm looking at it and once again I'm a thinker. So I like the the academics is your job. Just like in real world, we go to a job, we perform and that's how we get paid. But there's still other things we do at, in, at home. Like you can do great at your job if you're not keeping your house happy, Byron, you know, it's going to cost you money down the line. So you can also lose money. That $50 can definitely be lost because 
you skipped school or you were getting in trouble, you kept fighting your siblings or you kept talking back to your mom and stuff like that. Like, okay, that's fine. So it's going to cost you, you know, talking back to your mom is like, you got a ticket, you got to pay a fine. So that $50 was the 45, you know, like we're looking at that. But also at the same time, you know, like Jasmine's doing really good. Like she's really stepped up around the house. She's doing more, you know, she's becoming more independent. You know, we moved that 50, 50 to 55 this month. You know, saying here's a bonus and here's why. You know, not saying it's guaranteed next. You know, hey, we did your mom and I did well, well this well this quarter. So here's a fifty five here's a five dollar bump. But also, you know, when she gets fifty dollars a month, that she needs something at seventy five dollars. Jasmine needs to come to you and figure out how can I get a loan from mom and dad. And oh, it's interest on that. Yeah, my parents was like, yeah, I, I'd be like, I want it now. So can I go ahead and get an? Basically, we call it an advance. Can I get an advance on my allowance? And they'd be like, okay. And then when, you know, payday came, it was like, oh, no. So you owe me that $5. So here's 15 instead of $20. Because, you know, my dad got paid every two weeks. And so we got to $50 a month. But you got 20 on one payday, 20 on the next payday. So it was just a normal thing. But I'm almost almost to the point where I'm going to give them the 50. Give them the 50 and see how much they can pay you back. Because the more, because you owe me 25 for every time I pay you, every month I pay you, and you don't pay me back, it goes up five dollars. So do I just hey dad, just take the take twenty five out this month so it, it's straight? Because next month you owe me thirty. Thirty five. Like teach them about interest. You're basically teaching them about interest and about compounding and stuff like that. And, and, and so maybe that's like a more that's a more you know advanced. Maybe that's junior yeah, well, year in high school, senior year in high school. You doing stuff like that with them. But yeah, that's that's what I look at allowances for teaching the money management and how to do that and using it as a tool to do that. Um, so, I, you know, I I don't know how far we want to get down this because we can talk about this one all day long, I think. But um, y'all got any other things y'all wanted to add? Hey, in? man, my kids going to have a running, a, running, a running credit score of me. <laughs> Yo, I, I think this is an important statement, man. You guys have uh, given me some great ideas that I think I may be implementing. She's 10 years old now, so I'm thinking maybe 12 years old may implement some of this, man. This was this was an important segment. You're welcome, Jasmine. <laughs> You're welcome, Jasmine. You're welcome. That's it. Can we spend the money fast? <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little young sky gonna be calling her like 10 years later. Now, girl, how did you negotiate yours? What did you What did you ask Byron to do? Because I'm getting ready to go negotiate with my dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, sure, see, see, that's not even right. Because in 20, 2021, Jasmine was getting $25 a month with the cost of living increase. <laughs> inflation. She's going to have a chart. She's going to have inflation. a chart and everything. But, <laughs> it's funny, but wouldn't you respect that more? That would be fun, man. That would be it, it, fun. You're almost upset with them asking you for money, but if they come to you with a plan and the reason they feel like this is these are life lessons. You know, I was talking to one of my friends the other day who just got a new job and he was getting ready to negotiate and he sat down to talk to another one of our, our frat brothers who's like, No, don't don't take that. Go go back to him with this number. And he went back to him with this number, and they're like, Okay. And so he made he's making more money than he's ever made in his life. And he probably increased his 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 base and bonus by twenty to thirty thousand dollars. And that's huge because like I would have never he would have never thought to ask for this because they were offering him more than he was getting before or, or he's ever made in his life. So he was content. And now he's like 
flabbergasted. He just never thought he would make this type of money doing what he does. But that was a life lesson for him. Like, go out and ask. Like, all they can do is tell you no. You know, hey, daddy, $25? Mm, let's try 50 Nah, 25 That might be your final offer. But you can't be mad at them for asking. So, um, right, that was a great question. Uh, but you also hit on something else. So, fellas, uh, before we get off this this uh, this podcast today, uh, let's try something new. So, Riza, you say you're re- you're reading um, what book? Oh, the Millionaire Next Door. Okay, so that's a recommendation for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and now it's it's a little dry at points. So, but the cool part is, uh, it's an audio book. That's how I, I read a lot of my books, mm-hmm. and so it's not as bad when you're listening to somebody else. I, okay. I can see it being harder. Like the first couple times I read it, I read the book and it was really dry. But on audio book, it comes off a lot easier for you. Yeah, I definitely subscribe to Audible. So I read, uh, I travel a lot for work, so I'm always on Audible. So Buff, anything that you're reading right now or anything you read recently or Audible recently that you want to tell our... Well, as you guys know, I'm in a a book club with some of my co-workers and our current book is The Black Presidency by Michael Eric Dyson. And uh, before that, so I'm currently reading that, and I recently read uh, Michelle Obama's book, which is great. You read it or you heard it? You read it or you heard it? Audible, audible. It's a it's a it's a thick book, but uh, it was it was great, man. After the first four chapters, because the first four chapters are a little slow, great book, man. But uh, I definitely encourage reading. I I don't think I do it enough, so I'm glad to get it done when I can, man. All right. Well, right now, I tell everybody to go out and read. I'm actually reading an audible right now. Um, is Never Split the Difference. It's a book on nego- negotiating. I think it's a wonderful read. Uh, ah. you, uh, it definitely teaching me a lot it's about sales and just uh, the human mind, the psyche in general. So uh, if you guys are looking for any, any good books to read or anything like that, pick up one of the three. Uh, I definitely add it all. I did read uh, or listen to Michelle Obama's book, and I would recommend listening to it because I love hearing her talk. Um, <laughs> Nothing. My, the eyes roll. So if, if you are watching this on video, I just gave Ferg the biggest eye roll ever. <laughs> you don't like Michelle? No, I, oh, I love Michelle. I love Michelle. Yeah, uh, I just, just Ronnie, don't don't pay me no mind, people. Don't pay me no mind. <laughs> okay. uh, but no, I love hearing the talk, and I appreciate her hearing her and her reaction to her story. Um, so pick up one of the three books. Definitely keep reading. Uh, I should, they'll tell you every few weeks. I'm asking in our group, you know, any good podcasts or any good books people are listening to. So uh, I think we'll close. Uh, at least once a month and ask what you're reading or what you're listening to so we can give our audience an like uh, idea of what to, to listen to. I like that. I like um, that. Any final thoughts, fellas? Nah, man. Uh, Click and subscribe. What he said, also, I think we got some young listeners out there. So any of the youth out there, if you come across a Nintendo Entertainment System and you see one of these, you got to blow it and tap it about eight times for it to work. That's very important. Okay, just want to let the youngsters know that, yeah. man. But even the instructions, the instructions say don't blow into the carpet. It literally has it on the back of it, yeah. but you have to make it work. But, but for real though, man, I appreciate you guys listening, man. Uh, 
I hope you guys had as much fun as the three of us had because um, just three friends just just chopping it up and enjoying the conversation, man. So we appreciate you listening. Please subscribe. Yeah. My guy said it best. Please subscribe. Listen to us. Uh, thank you for taking the time out to just hear three brothers talk. I mean, hopefully we made some sense, but uh, we really ain't got no sense when we on this thing. So uh, once again, thank you. See you again um, soon. Talk to you later. Peace.